greetings to each one of you in Jesus' name. I made it in time. Church starts, I'm sorry, Sunday school starts at 9.30. And y'all are here on time, right? Everybody here on time? I didn't make it for a Sunday school. Preaching starts at 10.30. And I see that y'all made it on time. And we measure things in time, in seconds, in minutes, in hours. We measure things in days, in weeks, in months. We measure things in years and decades. And if you all were alive in the year 2000, we measure time in millennium. Can you imagine eternity? You know, we think about the church service being a long time. He's long-winded. Man, he preached forever. But it's just a small speck of time. If we live to be 75 years old, we will see approximately 928 full moons if the weather is clear. We will also see, if we have our eyes open and the weather is clear, 27,393 sunsets. And you know, I see a lot of pictures of people that people take of sunsets. For For some reason, people enjoy seeing a beautiful sunset. But if you multiply the number of sunsets times the average hours of a day, and I'm talking about 24 hours, you're going to have about 328,716 daylight hours. I'm not talking about hours that were awake. I'm just talking about daylight hours. Some of those hours we spend doing things that we need to do. For young people, school's starting. Our parents, parents send their children back to school. Children, some look forward to that. Some are like, oh, we've got to go back to school. And so some need to go to school. We often talk about the work week being 40 hours, and yet... Sometimes 40 hours is just a small amount of time for some people in the occupations that they have. We need to eat. And so we spend time, the necessary time to eat. But there are so many other things that we spend time doing. There are many hours that we can do things that we enjoy doing. I enjoy reading, but I don't seem to have as much time to read as I once did. Some people spend time sewing or cooking. Some people spend their time after they get their jobs done just relaxing. 
Some people unwind by tinkering. Some like to spend their time talking. That's me. And hunting. And the list can go on and on for you individually. Things that you enjoy doing that take up your time. In that 75 years, there are 19,722,960 minutes. And again, we measure things by time. He preached for 35 minutes. It took 20 minutes to get there. It takes about 30 minutes to bake this cake. Or it takes 45 minutes to travel somewhere. Of those minutes, there are lots more seconds. And those add up into the billions. One billion, one hundred eighty-three million. In Galatians 6, it talks about opportunity. I want you to turn there with me if you will. And Jonathan mentioned this word in the announcements and prayer. As we gather together for this opportunity to worship. In Galatians 6, it says, As we have therefore opportunity. Galatians 6 verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. What is opportunity? As we look at people and see what they do, we see the pictures they take, the things they talk about, the time that they spend, we're noticing that they are taking opportunities for something that they like, that they enjoy, that they do. Opportunity is a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. And we will make opportunities for the things that we want to do. And if we want to go to church, we will make that opportunity. If we want to do something else, we will make that opportunity. We will set those circumstances so it will make it possible to do something. An opportunity is also an amount of time or a situation in which something can be done. We make those opportunities. And we have those opportunities. But as Scripture, as we look at Scripture, it says here, as we have therefore opportunities, moments, these special set-aside times or situations, let us do good unto all men. We have opportunities galore around us. But how do we develop an attitude of doing good to all men instead of focusing on just the things that I enjoy? And that's a job for me. So I'm not speaking specifically to anyone in the audience. I'm speaking for us As humankind, how do we develop reaching out to people inside and outside of our church, our church groups, our in our in our neighborhood, in our in our in our work? I think we need to cultivate as we look at what Scripture says. I think we need to cultivate the mindset of being Christ-like. Turn with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter two. 
Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 1, it says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Okay, it's giving us certain instructions in those verses. If there be any consolation in Christ, if there be any reward in Christ, if there's any comfort of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if there's any bowels of mercies, fulfill my joy. It says here that ye think alike, having the same love, being of one accord, being of one mind. And then it says... Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, in thinking less of my idea, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man to my own sunset, my own reading, my own whatever, but every man also on the things of others." And in verse 5, it speaks specifically, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We look at Jesus being God, the Son. It says, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus came as a servant. He wasn't worried about how much money he would make. He wasn't concerned about his reputation. He wasn't caught up with the fact that he was God. But it says he took the form of a servant. He humbled himself and he was obedient even to the point of facing that horrible beating and death and the shame of the cross. And he did that because he came to serve. He came to die. He came that we might have an opportunity, that word, opportunity. He came that we might have that opportunity to experience salvation. Jesus captured each one of those opportunities. Not only did he have the ability to see each sunset of all of those sunsets that we can see in 75 years, not only did he have the ability to see each one of those, he created them. God, the Son, Jesus being in that human form, and it says that he was tempted in every area, such as we are, could have said, hey, everybody, look at this sunset. This is what I created. But he didn't. He was a humble servant. When we see Jesus, when he met the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, 
He captured the moment, the opportunity. He took advantage of that circumstance and he engaged her in a conversation that won her to faith. And that conversation that won her to faith transported her from a life of sin, a sinfulness to a life of peace and joy and radiance that had a huge trickle-down effect. That discussion with the Samaritan woman had an effect on her life personally, but that trickle-down effect led many others to believe in Christ. And I believe that when there's a genuine concern for others, they are going to sense that concern. And they are going to respond to that Spirit's call, maybe not right away, but at some time or another, as God speaks to their hearts. And then that trickle-down effect is going to bloom into something that is infective. It's going to shine into that sunset. But Jesus not only cared for people's souls. He cared for their bodies, for their health. In Mark 10. Turn with me, if you will, there. Reading numerous verses in Mark 10. Starting at verse... 46. It says, And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should, be, should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise. He is calling thee. He calleth thee, and he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Think about this blind man sitting, begging. Think about yourself being in that situation, that circumstance. Nothing that you can, sometimes nothing that you can control. It seemed as if that blind man, Bartimaeus, had no hope. He was blind. 
He was a beggar. It was as if life had dealt him a tough lot. But apparently he had his ears open. Apparently he had heard about Jesus of Nazareth and the miracles that he could perform. And when he heard that Jesus was coming by, he called out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the people around, they were saying, shh. They tried to quiet him. But it says he cried a great deal more. Why? Why did Bartimaeus cry louder? Because I believe that this man, in his begging, blind, seemingly hopeless state, realized that hope was passing by. Jesus was his hope. Jesus is our hope as well. And he cried out for Jesus to meet his need. And as each one of us come to that place in our lives where we cry out to Christ to meet our need, whether it's physical or spiritual or mental or emotional or whatever that need may be, Jesus has the power to meet that need. But what did Jesus say to that man? Go thy way. Your faith has made you whole. How much do we believe? How much do I believe? This blind Bartimaeus had faith that there was someone nearby that could help him with his physical need. Guess what, folks? We have someone nearby that can help us with our physical needs. But more than that, he can help help us with our spiritual needs. Because Jesus is that hope that is passing by, that is so near. It was an opportunity. It was a set of circumstances. It was a chance to finally see the sunset. For blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus, being God, being this man that walked in the flesh, could have just kept on walking. He could have walked on by, but it said he stood still and called this blind Bartimaeus to himself. And then it says he healed him. Immediately he received his sight. But in that, Jesus could have said, Hey, look everybody, I just healed this guy. He can see now. But what did he say? Go thy way. Your faith has made you whole. He came as a servant. Jesus came as a servant, humbly doing the will of the Father, not seeking accolades, not seeking to be lifted up. Because it says in Scripture that God lifted him up. But Jesus was making the most of each opportunity. He was seeing each sunset. 
He was meeting each need. He was speaking the truth. And he was blessing people by meeting and taking advantage of each of those opportunities. In Philippians 2, back there again, it says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind of Christ be in you. We get preoccupied. I get preoccupied with my own things. Our own time, our own this, our own that. But the Apostle Paul was saying here, under the inspiration of God, allow Jesus to open your eyes as he did blind Bartimaeus to see the opportunities, to see the sunsets, to see the full moons, to see each moment that God gives us in that 75 years of life that we have to walk this earth. The opportunity that we have to embrace faith in Christ and then share that with others. We need to, by faith, look to Christ and then prepare for the opportunities that He gives us to reach out in conversation, to reach out in faith, to reach out for in physical needs. No, we're not going to be able to heal someone. But we can certainly reach out to them with words of comfort and encouragement. We can't meet all of those needs like Christ can. But we are the hands as the church. We are the hands and feet of God. We can go and do. We can speak. We can say. We can encourage. In Galatians 6.10, the text verse, As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. We look back when Jesus was walking with his disciples. And James and John came unto him, the sons of Zebedee, in Mark 10. There's a number of verses there. It says, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said to them, What would ye that I should do for you? And they said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit one on thy right and the other on thy left in thy glory. They were seeking a special place with God. A special place of honor with God. And Jesus' response to them was, Ye know not what ye ask. Can you drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And they said, We can. And Jesus said unto them, Ye shall indeed drink of that cup. And with the baptism that I'm baptized with, with all shall ye be baptized. But to sit on my right and on my left is not mine to give. 
but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. You know, we often want to be sitting in that high spot. We often want to be recognized. We want to be acknowledged that we have a special place. But God is saying that God, that He is calling us to humbly serve, to humbly minister, to humbly do good, and to make the most of every one of those opportunities, those sunsets, those full moons, whatever comes our way, we need to make those circumstances matter for the glory of God, for the encouragement of others inside the church and out. As we look at Jesus' life, Jesus didn't live that 75 years. He didn't live long enough on this earth to see those 928 full moons. He didn't live long enough to see those 27,293 sunsets. He didn't live long enough to see those 300,000 hours of daylight or 19 million minutes. But He, as God, created each one of those opportunities to do good to all men, especially those that are of the household of faith. So my encouragement to each one of you, look for those moments. Look for those opportunities. Because those sunsets, those glimmers of the future are opportunities to share our faith to meet needs, to minister to people for the glory of God. May we be encouraged to faithfully, humbly serve. God bless you.